your next question is, when the mind is quiet but alert, how does one ensure that one is not attending to the quiet mind, but rather to the self? The difference between the two is very subtle. It may seem subtle, but it's very, very important. One of the first qualifications, or when, when, when they list what are the qualifications for, in, in the old text, they, 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 I've forgotten what they're called. The, 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 anyway, they, they, they list four qualifications, and the third one is the six, it belongs to six, so in all there are nine. The first one is uh, Nitya Anitya Vastu Viveka. Dis distinguishing the, the, the <coughs> what is uh, permanent from what is impermanent. This is absolutely fundamental. Only if we got this nitya nitya vastu viveka, do we do the next one result, which is vairagya, and then the other six qualifications, and finally mumukshutva. But this, the, the first and foremost is the nitya anitya vastu viveka. This is extremely important because the quiet mind is something that comes and goes. It's not the nature of the mind to be quiet. So if the mind is quiet, for, it will only be for a while. So the, whether the mind is quiet or active, these are just transitory states. The mind itself is transitory. The mind appears in waking and dream and disappears in sleep. We can't say sleep is a... Is a is a, a quiet state of mind, because there's no mind there to be quiet. So, anything that appears and disappears is not ourself. The only thing that is permanent, the only thing that is nitya, is I am, our own being. As Buddha said, um, uh, anitya, anitya, sarvam, anitya. Everything is impermanent. That means everything other than ourself is impermanent. Nothing lasts. That all these, whatever appears now, it's all constantly changing. It's all constantly appearing and disappearing. All this appears and disappears to whom? To ego. And ego itself appears and disappears. It appears in waking and dream. It disappears in sleep. So none of these things can be what we actually are because we exist and shine and are clearly aware of ourselves in all three states. So what we have to hold on to is that which is permanent. So it doesn't matter whether the mind is quiet or whether the mind is in chaos. Our aim is to hold on to our being, which is ever-present. Whether, whether we are in a relatively calm state of mind or whether in a much agitated state of mind, I am. That I am is always there. It's only because I am that we, are, we, if we didn't exist, we couldn't experience any of these things. So these are all impermanent things. So our aim is not a quiet mind. Our aim is to know what we actually are, because what we actually are is constant. It never changes. So that is what we need to hold on to. So many people misunderstand Bhagavan's teachings. They think that it's, it's all about, if I can stop thoughts, then that is self-inquiry. Self-inquiry is not about stopping thoughts. Bhagavan said, yoga they say, chitta vritti nirodaha. But this is more practical. We say atman vaishana. That means self-investigation. 
because if you merely, every night when we fall asleep, all the chitterbritties come to an end. We stop the chitterbritties every night when we come fall asleep. But does that solve our problems? It's very nice to spend a few hours in sleep, but we rise up and come back with all the same problems. So merely stopping the chitterbritties is not the solution. That is a byproduct. If we destroy ego, then the chitterbritties will automatically be destroyed. But our aim is to destroy ego. Because ego is the aham vritti, the first, the root of all vrittis is the aham vritti. So long as that aham vritti is there, even if you spend, Bhagavan told the story of that yogi who spent 300 years in samadhi. Um, he was practicing yoga on the banks of the Ganga. He kept on going into Nivikalpa samadhi. One day when he woke up from his Nivikalpa samadhi, he asked his disciple to bring water. So his disciple went down to the Ganga to fetch water. By the time he'd come back, the yogi had again gone into Nivikalpa Samadhi. That time he went into Nivikalpa Samadhi so deeply, he remained in that state for 300 years. When he woke up, the disciple had died, the, the Ganga had changed course, the village, but the nearby village had moved closer to the Ganga. He was in the dense jungle. But when he woke up, the first thought he, the first thing he did was he asked angrily, where's my water? So Bhagavan said, the last thought that was in his mind before he went into Samadhi was the first thought that popped up after he woke up from his Nivikalpa Samadhi. That means even the most superficial thought in the mind was not destroyed in spite of spending 300 years in Samadhi. It's, it's, for 300 years, he was doing what is taught in yoga, Chitta Vritti Naroda. He stopped all Chitta Vrittis. But when, the, when he woke from Nivikabha Samadhi, the Chitta Vrittis rise up again because Vasanas cannot be destroyed and not destroyed in Laya. No Vasanas are destroyed in sleep. Vasanas can be destroyed only in the waking and dream state. When we, when, because Vasanas are destroyed nature of vasanas is, the vishaya vasanas is to take our attention away from ourselves. They are strengthened to the extent to which we allow ourselves to be swayed by them. They're weakened to the extent to which we refrain from being swayed by them. So the only way to weaken and eventually destroy, to destroy vishaya vasanas is to hold on to our being. By holding on to our being, we're not allowing ourselves to be swayed by the vishaya vasanas, thereby they grow weaker and eventually die. But they cannot be destroyed in sleep or, or near the Kalpa Samadhi because there's no mind there to... Um, I mean, they, 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 but the ego is subsided in that state, but Vasanas, everything is subsided along with it. So remaining 300 years in near the Kalpa Samadhi, according to Bhagavan, is useless. So what our aim is to investigate and know what we actually are. By knowing what we actually are, we thereby destroy the Ahambriti and all the Chittabritis, all other Brittis will be destroyed along with it. But merely trying to stop the other Brittis will result only in sleep or layer or Nirvikalpa Samadhi, whatever you want, whatever it, it is. It, that is, that is Mano Laya, not Mano Nasa. That's why Bhagavan said, that's why in verse 13 of Upadesha India, he said the, the, the dissolution of mind is of two kinds, layer and nasa. If it is dissolved in layer, it will rise again. If, it is, if its form dies in nasa, there's no, 
it will not rise. So our aim is nasa. And then in the very next verse he says, only when the mind which will subside with the control of the breath, only when if that mind, before it completely subsides in Nivikalpa Samadhi is the implication, only if that mind is sent on the ovary, ovary means the path of the investigation, will its form die. So it's okay for those who want to practice yoga, Bhagavan said, okay, you practice for a while, but before you subside in the, in, in uh, Nibhikalpa Samadhi, in layer, you should turn your mind inwards to investigate who am I. That is the only way. That's why he says, Vidyakave Ovari. Vidyakave means only when it is sent on that path will its form die. So this is a state of total stillness, but also total alertness. Yes, well, it's, it's yes, I mean, we are holding on to the, we are holding on to our own being. Our own being is itself pure awareness. So by holding on to that, so long as you're holding on to the light, you can't be in darkness. So it's a state of total alertness. And because of that light is itself our being, by holding on to that, we are being, we are just being, so many repetitions, being still. So the, the stillness will result from the investigation. But if we merely try to be still, that is not self-investigation. So the, the stillness of mind, quietness of mind, that is a byproduct of self-investigation. It is not the aim of self-investigation. The aim of self-investigation is to know who am I. And only by knowing who am I is ego destroyed. And only when ego is destroyed will the mind never rise, will it never rise again and will all chitabrittis be so, so ultimately, we reach Chittabriti Narodaha, but complete permanent Chittabriti Narodaha because we, we, get, we destroy the root, the Ahambriti. So Bhagavan, that's why Bhagavan says in Nana, what does it matter how many thoughts arise? So long as we're concerned about thoughts, our attention is going away from ourselves. So let thoughts come or go. In, in verse 6 of Arunachashtakam, he ends saying, Nindrida, Sendrida, Ninevida, Vindre. Let them come to a standstill or let them go on. They, they're not apart from you. They mean he, he's talking about the whole world appearance, which is nothing but thoughts. Yes, in fact, thoughts aid practice initially, because if e one e has a quiet mind, one can yeah, become e complacent. Yes, yes, yes. If we, if we, un if, the problem is, if we think thoughts are a problem, they're a problem. But if we think whatever thought, whatever appears, it appears why? Because it, to whom does it appear? It appears to me. So it appears only because I am. Nothing could appear if I wasn't. So the thoughts should remind us of our own being. So long as you, you think the waves are hiding the ocean, you can't see the ocean because you're seeing only waves. But if you understand that the, wave, the waves are nothing but the ocean, then you're always seeing the ocean. The waves don't matter. So it's a matter of changing our attitude. Thoughts are a problem when our mind goes after them. If we take it, this thought has appeared to remind me to attend to myself, then the thought is not a problem because our attention turns back to ourselves. So that our sole aim should be to attend to ourselves. 
If we try to fight with thoughts, get rid of thoughts, we may succeed. There are yogic exercises for, for getting into Nivikalpa Samadhi. But that's only a temporary state. That's not the solution. Yes. So, so with the pearl diver's focus, we just have to focus on the being yeah, rather yeah, than the yeah. We the that is the the stone which as Bhagavan implies in that paragraph of Nana, the stone which the pearl diver has to tie to his waist is the stone of Vairagya. That is the the stone is a is a is an analogy for Vairagya, and Vairagya means not attending to ourselves and not attending to us. Sorry. That means not attending to anything other than ourselves. And to avoid attending to anything other than ourselves, we need to tanne vidā dhiratam, being without leaving ourselves. That is the means. So Bhagavan has made it so, so clear and so simple. So to, to extricate ourselves from um, whatever attachments or desires that we have, is it does Bhagavan recommend it that we think of death very often? Death of the body is, of course, not the real death. But all, all, all these things, they can be useful manana. That in sravana and manana are useful aids to this practice because they constantly remind us of the need to turn within. So the thought of death is a great blessing because it reminds us that all... we. See, in life we have so many aims and ambitions and desires. I want this, I want that. Uh, if I get a promotion, if I get a better house, if I have a nicer husband or wife, or if my children behave better, or whatever it is. We, we're constantly wanting something or other. Whatever we may achieve, even if we become the richest person in the world, even if we um, become president of the United States, or whatever we achieve, Death is going to come and take everything away from us. So what is the... Nothing that we achieve in this life is worth it. There's a verse in Guru in, in Uludunapadu in which Bhagavan used the word Siddhi. Siddhi means um, achievement. Or achievement or a, anything that you achieve is a Siddhi. So he says that knowing and being oneself alone is the real Siddhi. All other cities are cities achieved in a, a dream. In a dream, you may win the lottery. That's very nice when you're dreaming, but when you wake up and you go and check your bank balance, all that money has gone. You don't find it there. So, all, whatever we achieve in this life is of no use. It, it, it may temporarily thrill us. Oh, I won the lottery. But how long is it going to last? I've won only a million. My neighbor won 10 million, so we want something more. So even in the course of this life, even when we get all we want, we're still not satisfied. This uh, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, are these people satisfied? They still want more. They want to go to outer space or somewhere. Or... Yeah, but th to keep the vasanas in check, uh, thinking of death can definitely yeah help. yeah it, it, it's a, that's that's what I say because when we remember the inevitability of death all, <clears throat> all life fades into insignificance 
whatever we may achieve in this life, whatever we may get in this life, whatever, it's all going to be taken away from us at death. So what, why should we be allowing our mind to go out after all these impermanent things? This again comes back to this nitya, nitya vastu vivaka. All these things are impermanent. This body itself is impermanent. This ego who takes this body to be I is itself impermanent. It appears in waking and dream, it disappears in sleep. So let us hold on to what is permanent, because what is permanent alone is real. And that is I am. Nothing other than that is real. Everything else appears and disappears. Yeah, Murugandar probably says somewhere, um, live as if the de uh, death may come to you any moment. Yeah. And yeah. That, that definitely helps it bring does. a perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And living like that day after day um, yeah. it reduces the intensity of, um, of the vasanas. Yeah, this is what I said. This, 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 thinking about death and in the light of Bhagavan's teachings, all these things, these, this is. This, this is a great aid to us to help us to hold more and more to our being. But merely studying Bhagavan's teachings, thinking about Bhagavan's teachings, these are good, but they're of limited benefit if we don't apply in practice. So the purpose of all of Bhagavan's teachings, the purpose of the example of his life, that fear of death that came to him, what we are to learn from this, to learn that only what, what the different fear of death comes to so many people. But what happens when an ordinary person gets fear of death? Their mind goes outwards to all the things they're attached to. When, Bhagavan, when fear of death came to Bhagavan, he didn't fear to lose his family, his mother, his brothers, his sister, or anything. He feared only with the death of this body will I die. Does I cease to exist with the death of his body? In other words, he was concerned only with his own existence, his own being. So his mind turned within, held on to his being, he merged in that. And that was the end of it. So by thinking all these things, this is a great aid, but the help is there, that the aid means it's a help. The help is there. We need to make use of that help by it turning our attention within. So thinking about death is good to the extent to which it helps us turn our attention within. Thinking about Bhagavan's teachings is good to the extent it encourages us to turn our attention within. That is the purpose of all these things. That is the ultimate aim of all Bhagavan's teachings is to is, I mean, everything in Bhagavan's teachings, if we understand correctly, is motivating us to turn our attention back within. Thank you, and Michael. as Bhagavan says, once we've been caught in the glance of his grace, like the prey in the jaws of a tiger cannot escape, once we're caught in the glance of his grace, that means once we're attracted to him, we will surely be saved and never forsaken. Eninum guru kartya varipadi tavaradu nadakavendam. Nevertheless, it's necessary to follow unfailingly, to follow without fail, but in accordance with the path shown by Guru. That's what Bhagavan says in the 12th paragraph of Nana. So he will surely save us, but he doesn't save us by. It, it is. 
he, his grace works from within us. Grace isn't something, as Bhagavan said, grace isn't something that's going to fall down from heaven on your head. Grace is there in your heart. So we need to yield ourselves to that by following his path, by clinging to self-attentiveness. That is the only way. Yes, thank you, Michael. <laughs>